everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Bins Podcast. Looking forward to today's episode. I uh, went on a little trip this last weekend, and the people I was with said, man, I can't wait for this episode, because they knew I would be talking about them today. And uh, I'm looking forward to today. I got some things I want to share. Before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about the business. Uh, If you have not listened to this podcast before, uh, this is the place to go to learn a little bit about entrepreneurship, small business leadership, management, and hopefully what you can be doing to have a happier, more productive life. And it's part of my business called Good Advice. Some people call it Good Advice Coaching. Either one will do. And I'm going to do my best today to hang in there. I'm a day behind on my podcast schedule only because I have been battling a pretty bad cough and I'm going to do my best to keep it short today and also to edit out the cough so there might be some strange cuts that you hear and it's only because I don't want you to have to listen to me coughing up a lung. Uh, If you're not familiar with my business, check us out, www.goodadvicecoaching.com. You can also stay engaged with us on LinkedIn or on our weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday. Got some good content in there, some free business advice, free entrepreneurship advice that you might find useful uh, for you or somebody you know. So I want to talk today about what you are training for. And this totally comes out of an experience I had this last weekend Hopefully an experience that I will never have to do again. And it's not because I didn't enjoy the people I was with. It's because of what we decided to do. So little backstory, a couple of years ago, uh, so I actually about five years ago, I married into uh, my wife's family and she has uh, two brothers. She has a brother-in-law or rather, excuse me, two brother-in-laws and her dad. And so with uh, me included, uh, there are six of us total. And a couple of years ago, we decided, you know what? We need a man trip. Let's go fishing together. And so we went to Oklahoma and we did this fishing trip that was totally awesome, really fun. And we had said, you know, we should do something every year. Well, you know how things can get, can get really busy. And basically we didn't make it happen. And uh, a couple of years had gone by and uh, one, I can't remember who had said it, but someone said, okay, we need to get back to doing a man trip. And someone said, you know what we should do? We should go do a camping trip, which I was all about. I love the outdoors. I love to camp. Well, as we got closer to this actual trip, the camping trip kind of morphed into a backpacking trip. And it's like one of those deals where, you know, you are in the woods and you're hiking and you got the big, you know, the 20 or 30 pound pack on your back. And Basically, what ends up happening is everybody comes into town this last weekend, and we decide, you know what, we're going to go conquer this hiking trail. So here's how this played out. We we head out to this hiking trail. It's a Friday afternoon, and what ends up happening is we're looking at all the trails, and you know they have like different colors that signify the type of trail that you're going to be on. And the trail that we ended up choosing to do is the only one we were allowed to do that night was the Butterfield Trail. And it's known for being the super challenging trail. It's a 15-mile hike. And uh, I, I typically, my workout regimen is usually I like to go to the gym about about once a year. And so, you know, I'm definitely up to going on this 15-mile hike. And so, uh, of course, I've totally overpacked. And we get out to uh, this trail. And you have these two guys. So just to give you some perspective, one guy 
couldn't make it. He had to bail last minute. So there's five of us. So there's my father-in-law, who is this former Marine, and he even had told us, you know, Semper Fi, let's do this. And I'm thinking like, okay, this person is super dedicated. You have my uh, brother-in-law, who's done this this hike a couple of times in the past. You have my two other brother-in-laws that are in their 20s and are totally fit and healthy. And then there's me. And I, you know, my philosophy in life is to rock the dad bod as best I can, even though I don't have any kids. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to live out the future I want in my life. And so there's me and I'm carrying this big pack and right off the bat, you know, we've walked like half a mile and I'm thinking like, this sucks. I mean, really, I'm thinking I am wiped. I'm, I'm already exhausted. I got asthma, you know, so I'm taking like a puff of my inhaler and about a mile in, we get to this little creek. And I, it's probably not even fair to call it a creek. It's like a mild river. And the person, when we checked in, had told us it was there, said, you guys should be fine. It shouldn't be that high. Well, it, it was kind of high. In fact, as we started walking across, uh, my wife's dad actually fell into the river. I actually, uh, it, the water went up to just below uh, my knees, about halfway up to my shins. And so it like totally... Uh, fills up my hiking boots. And right after that, and really for the rest of the hike, uh, my boots are these like slushy slog of, you know, total unenjoyment as I'm, as I'm hiking through the woods. Well, around mile two or three, I'm thinking I'm, I'm basically done. And not only am I done, I'm also starting to get pretty ticked off. Cause I'm thinking like, what are we doing out here? Like, why are we out here? Why are we going on this camping trip? And and I'm also getting frustrated because around mile three is when my uh, one of my brother-in-laws who had done this hike a couple of times, he says something along the lines of, well, hey, the hike's just now getting started. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm done. I'm done. In fact, I can see around mile three, I can see this big open area that would make the perfect campsite. It would make the perfect campsite. And lo and behold, we continue to walk on past this campsite. Well, so Jesse, who's the guy who's done it a couple of times, he's the one who's leading us. And he says, uh, we'll stop for the night whenever we get to uh, a, a water source because we got to sleep near water, I guess. So a couple miles later, we get to this little uh, tiny, just barely existing stream. And I'm thinking like, thank God, like we're finally here. You know, we can finally take a break. And he says, well, we can't stay here because it's, it's uneven ground. We got to keep hiking. And I like lose it. I'm like, dude, what are we doing out here? Like, this is not fun. This isn't cool. And, and, and if, by the way, if you are like a, you know, you hike like every weekend, you're already thinking I would not want to hike with you. And I'm okay with that because uh, I will probably never do this trip again. Instead, I will, uh, I'll find something out, you know, well, maybe next year we'll just like pop up our tent somewhere and just hang out and go fishing or something. I don't know. Well, so Long story short, we finally find a place to set up our tent and it's like freezing that night. It's like 40 degrees and and it's just totally miserable. And then in the morning, we got this big storm coming in. It's starting to rain. There's so much pollen that my, my hiking boots have turned solid green. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. They're solid green. And not only that, I pull something in my leg. I can barely walk. And we finally get home just totally winded, wiped, exhausted. And I share this story not just to commiserate with you, but but there was something 
And, you know, apparently I can't do anything else than think about like the next podcast episode. But while I was on this hike, I kept thinking how out of shape I was. And I kept thinking about, man, I wish I had trained for this. You know, man, I wish I had been preparing for this day. It's kind of like my dad, when I was growing up, he would have to be into work around 7.30, 8 a.m., but he would get up at 4 a.m. And what he would do is he'd get up at 4 a.m. and he would run around the neighborhood. He would jog around the neighborhood. And I thought it was kind of strange. Well, what he was doing was he was training for a marathon. In fact, my dad, uh, around the age of 40, had picked up a new hobby of running marathons. Now, if you hate to run, you're thinking, oh, that sounds awful. But, you know, for whatever reason, he thought it'd be a really great hobby. And it, it went from hobby to something that he really invested himself into. In fact, he ended up, he decided he was going to run a marathon in all 50 states. And since then, he's actually done that. He's like the 23rd person in in the world to ever do it. And basically, he would train every morning to actually uh, be able to actually go on and run these marathons. And a lot of times, whenever you make some kind of dedication, you're going to run a 5K, a half marathon, if you're going to do anything like that, you know, triathlon or uh, up here in Northwest Arkansas, we have our, we call it square to square. And it's this, it's this bike race from the Fayetteville Square all the way up to the Bentonville Square. And I think it's like 20 miles or 30 miles or something like that. Well, when people commit to doing that, they, they naturally will start training for that big day that's coming up. And what I want to make this podcast episode about, I don't want to talk really about, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about business, but but really, I don't want to get even down into the weeds. I want to talk about what you are training for in your life. And I want to encourage you to start thinking about what decisions are you making today that are going to set you up for success in the future, And here's what I mean by this. When I was a kid, I remember thinking about what I wanted to do for a living. And I was talking to a guy who was a mentor in my life. And I think I was like 15 or 16 years old. And he said, Blake, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, man, I just want to, I just want to be like an encourager. I want to be like a motivational speaker. And, uh, I said, and we, we talked a little about it. He's like, man, go do it. And I was like, well, I can't, I'm like 15. Right. And, and I said, you know, I envision that being something that I do maybe 10 years from now. And he said, start today, which didn't really make sense to me. Cause I was like, uh, I'm 15, you know, who wants to listen to a 15 year old now, obviously like, you know, I think there's, there's child prodigies that are out there or teenage prodigies who like, you know, I saw a girl on Instagram who goes to our church who is like 17 years old and she has like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and she's like a motivational person. And I'm like, what? Wow. That's so like just phenomenal. So could I have done something at 15? Who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe I missed my calling, but I remember thinking and telling him, you know, that's, that's not, that's not something I'm going to put any mental energy towards because it's, it's so far down the road. And he said, you need to start today. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, you should today, start, you know, writing the speeches, you know, start writing out what you would say and start fine tuning and start looking up, start, start learning from motivational speakers that you would want to be like. And, and it sounded like a really great concept, but you know, like a totally easily distractible 15 year old, I think I did it for like a week and then moved on to something else. Cause I wasn't really committed, committed to doing it. Well, I think what is valuable, what's the, what's the takeaway, what's the valuable concept for our own lives is, you know, we, we're all training for something and, and, and whether that's training to be average or training to be excellent or to be the top of our game or 
you know, it's actually pretty funny to me. I, I see people who they totally admire these like celebrity business figures like, and I don't even know if like Elon Musk would fall into that or like Steve Jobs would fall into that, but but people have these entrepreneurs who they like totally worship and they're like, man, I want that business or man, I want to have that kind of influence, right? I mean, think about someone in your own life who you really respect and it's like, I want the influence that they have. Well, they didn't get it overnight. And if they tell you they did, they're lying to you. There are, <laughs> there are no overnight success stories or rather, you know, there's very few of them. Most people actually become successful through incredibly hard, diligent, committed work, right? And so to actually become the successful, influential people that we want to be, we have to start training for that. We have to start working towards that. And I think what is maybe even more meaningful is to not discount the training you've already had. And I, I actually run into a lot of millennials who who think this way of, uh, and if you're not familiar with how millennials operate, it's pretty common for millennials to change industries on a pretty quick pace. In fact, I was talking to someone who uh, she just changed jobs uh, really just a few months or uh, maybe about six months ago. And then I just saw that she just changed jobs again. And I texted her and I said, man, you're really living out, you're living out the millennial stereotype, you know, and was just giving her a hard time about that. And, but what I, what I like to help people understand is no experience is wasted experience, even if it's experience that wasn't really that meaningful to what you do today. And here's here's what I'm getting at with this is when I was a kid or really when I once I had got to uh, maybe my teenage years, I started working at the summer camp and I've talked about the summer camp quite a bit. Uh, somebody was giving me a hard time this morning for bringing up. It's like I always hear about the summer camp. Well, I was working at the summer camp and I really wanted to. I remember I was a part-time counselor and I wanted to be known as the counselor who really knew how to connect with the kids and really could be authentic and could really, uh, you know, be an advocate for them and, and make them feel like that they were, were valuable people. And I remember as I got older and I became a full-time counselor and I was working there during college uh, and even after college, when I, when I was continued to work there, I remember thinking I wanted to be someone who could could be a voice of influence that could mentor kids and that kids would look up to. Well, uncoincidentally, after college, I went to go be a high school teacher and and I was working in the school where it was called a dropout factory. It was it was a really challenging school. It was a gang presence, uh, really poor environments. And uh, now the kids were were totally phenomenal, really just incredible kids. But I remember there were other teachers who really had a tough time in the school. And then, and then for me, it felt like teaching just, just came really naturally. And one of the biggest issues that you'll hear from teachers when it comes to running your classroom well is this thing called classroom management. And what it is, it's, it's just like it sounds. It's, it's can you manage your classroom? Can you basically, can you run a classroom where kids will listen to you, where they will pay attention, you know, where they'll respect you. And it takes a little bit of a nuance to be able to do this because if you're too authoritative, kids will find you obnoxious, they'll find you parental. And if you're too soft, you know, they'll walk all over you. Well, because I had been a camp counselor, I knew how to engage with kids. And so actually the management piece was super easy for me. The challenge that I focused on was in my school, we had 40 different languages that were spoken. And not only were, were kids for the most part not uh, proficient in English, 
but you had some kids who weren't even literate in their own language, like they couldn't even read or write in their own language. And so we have these these kids who many of them are multiple grade levels behind where they should be, uh, i.e. you have an 11th grader who's like reading on a ninth grade level, and you're trying to get them ultimately to uh, pass their state tests, to perform, to you know do well on the tests at the end of the units. And you're trying to teach them sometimes what are these like really complicated concepts. And so imagine trying to teach, I mean, you thought school was hard. Imagine trying to learn school in another language or when you don't even have like the basics down. And so I remember thinking, okay, how can I take this complicated concept and just boil it down to something as simple as possible. How do I make this as digestible and as easy as possible? Well, after I was a teacher, I went on to be a uh, facilitator. I was working for this consulting company, and so my job was to basically bring people through this concept and teach people and guide them through a conversation on like a leadership concept, and I would do this for maybe teams of as small as eight to as high as 30 or 40 people, and because I had gotten so many reps in and doing this with 40 teenage people, these teenagers, I was not intimidated at all about doing it with adults. And so all of a sudden now I'm taking these concepts that I learned uh, back at being a high school teacher. And now it's made me very successful at, at, at being a facilitator. Well, flash forward to now that I'm a business coach, a friend of mine gave me a compliment the other day. He was introducing me to someone and he said, what I love about Blake is that he can take a complicated, complex concept, and he can make it so simple and so tangible. And it was something that really, it was a kind remark and it stuck with me. And I thought to myself as I was driving home that day, I thought, what has made me successful? Like, why why am I able to do that? And I started remembering being back in high school uh, or being the teacher in the high school and having to teach these concepts and make them super simple. And here's here's what I'm getting at is our our life it's it's not like a series of you know exit stage left and you know go to this scene or now I'm doing this thing or you know it, it's your life is not a series of disconnected meaningless you know I'm working at this job and now I'm at this job or whatever if you a, a more a better way to think of this is that your life is operating in series of levels. And as you move up in levels, and this isn't like <laughs> this isn't like a Scientologist thing. This isn't like a, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like you're a rank 13 what I I'm just saying as you move forward in life. And it and it doesn't even necessarily mean like move forward in terms of position. Like you go from frontline employee to middle manager to CEO. I'm talking about levels of expertise and influence. As you move forward in levels of influence, the things that you have gone through are what equip you for where you're going. And that's why it's so important to be someone who's reflective and who can actually recognize the skills and the knowledge that you're acquiring along this journey we call life because you need those things to actually move on and be proficient at whatever the heck it is you're doing next. Now, I feel like I've reached the pinnacle I mean, I'm 31 years old. I feel like I've, I've hit my dream job. I feel like I've reached the pinnacle of where I'm going to go in life. And that may be true from a position standpoint. 
You know, I'm never going to be higher than like owner of good advice. But in terms of influence right now, my influence is a very small channel. It's a very narrow channel. It's, it's a handful of people in Northwest Arkansas and maybe some people online. That's not the same influence I want 10 years from now. And so this journey I'm going through now of like the struggles of being a, an entrepreneur and a business owner and, you know, how do I manage my, my freaking cash flow and these people haven't paid me and like, what am I even doing? And, you know, these struggles that I'm going through of like, what, you know, how do I sell to this person? And I, you know, I cold call this person and, and I don't even know what to say. And like this, this whole thing that, and, and, and you know, wherever you are with your life, with your business, you know, if you could probably write down a list of the challenges that you're dealing with today. And I want to encourage you because when I stepped into being a business owner, I, I, I was intentional in doing it. I made the choice to do it, but I didn't feel like I was really ready. I feel like I'm ready now, you know, now that I've done it for seven months, but I didn't feel ready then. But something that someone told me a long time ago was he said, Blake, everything you need to be successful, it's, it's already in you. And I kind of get what he meant by that. It's, it's what you've come through is what's going to enable you to be successful in this next phase of your life. And I think it's not only being mindful of the things you've come through, I think it's being mindful of where you want to go and then purposely positioning yourself to get the experience you need to be able to do that. It's, it's actually part of the reason why I left my old company. Great job, great people, you know, great business and started my own company because I felt like the level of influence I want to have, I don't think I can get it there. I think I need to get it here and I need to take on the risk and the fear and the anxiety and even the depression that comes with being a business owner, and I need to reposition myself to actually be prepared and, and to get the experience I need that's going to catapult me into having the influence that I actually want to have. And so I think for you, whoever's listening today, where are you headed in your life? You know, I don't even mean professionally, but in terms of what are you training for? You know, what's, what's, what's next in your life? And I, I think the way we avoid like midlife crisis is we don't wait for our life to hit a certain age before we say, oh yeah, I mean, what, what am I doing? It, it's by being mindful of, of the years that we're living in, right? And the people that we're engaging with and the people that we're impacting, you know, and, and I don't think it has to be some grandiose thing. I don't think it has to be, you know, um, you know, some kind of, you know, you write out like a five-year plan for your life and it's like 20 pages. I, I think sometimes it's just, it's just being mindful of the direction. You know, can you go north, south, east, or west? It's, it's, it's even in what direction am I heading? And even if I can't totally formulate it, touch it, grab onto it, or even see it, I, I, I think I know which way I'm heading. Don't be like me and go on a 10-mile hike and think to yourself, man, I wish I had prepared for this. And more importantly, don't be the person who you find yourself in a situation and you say, yikes, I've really done nothing to make me successful uh, in the shoes that I'm finding myself in today. Start training for the influence, for the direction, for, for really the success you want in your life. And more importantly, don't discount where you've come from. All right, that's all I got for today. Real quick podcast. I hope it's encouraging for you. Uh, we'll get back to some more business and entrepreneurship stuff coming up uh, this 
Thursday as we put out our next episode. As always, feel free to engage with me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. If you're not on my newsletter, you got to get on it. Every Friday, I got some real easy, tangible content for you. Would love to share with you. Uh, Shoot me an email to get on it uh, or visit my website, www.goodadvicecoaching.com. And I will catch you guys later. See ya.